Good morning, and welcome to the Boonafide Experience Podcast. I am your host, Kyle, but really, everyone just calls me Boona. This is an esports podcast that brings on talent from across the industry to be the spark that fuels passionate gamers to change the world. If you are new here or returning, please consider subscribing or following on your platform of choice. Doing so allows you to support my dream, it allows you to stay up to date with the current episode, and gets this content into the hands or ears of gamers that need to hear it. Thank you so much for being here, and let's go ahead and get started with the show. All right, good afternoon, Edward. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Kyle? I'm doing fantastic. Um, we are... I think we may be competing with with you wherever where where wherever you're living uh, because it is about 26 degrees here in Austin, Texas. <laughs> Good luck. We're uh, under 20 all the time here in Metro Detroit. <laughs> it was worth a shot. It was worth a shot. <laughs> cool. Well, it's a bigger it's a bigger difference for you right now. We're certainly used to it. I have a good friend in Houston who said they're shutting down the entire city this week for uh, the weather that's coming. So, yes, you know, our perceptions are reality. They are. And I'll say I used to I have had a different perception because I grew up in Houston, actually. And, um, you know, number one, our roads aren't built for it. But number two, it's just not taught in driver's ed and it doesn't happen often to where when this happens, people also have a sense of panic whenever it does happen. And poor decisions are made, as you saw on I-35 freeway in Dallas. Um, that was just a horrific event. But uh, yeah, I got to experience driving in some of that weather in Colorado. I lived there for two years and it was uh, it was an experience, I must admit. We get used to it here. We uh, we don't really change how we drive even in a few feet of snow. So. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I had to I had to take a shot. I had to at least try. Um so welcome, welcome onto the show. This is the Bonafide Experience podcast. And, you know, for those uh, who, who do not know you, who are you and what do you do? Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, my name is Edward Cleland. I am a mind-body medicine practitioner, and I work in professional esports as what they call me is a performance specialist. So I help uh, individual players, teams, and to a lesser degree, the org. Um, work with their health and wellness, uh, the body, the mind, the team environment, and the individual aspect. Gotcha. Thank you. Thank you. That's a, that's, that's a lot to unpack there. You know, um, I'm, I must admit when I was doing some of my homework, you know, so, uh, on, on your website and what you do and, and how you, how you do things like on your methodology, there's, there's four pillars, you know, you have, you have the mind, you have the movement, you know, you have, I, I have to cheat a little bit here. You have the nutrition and you have the lifestyle. You know, um, and I'm, I'm curious, you know, this is, a, it seems like a very holistic approach, uh, compared to the general, you know, one, one train of thought, like a lot of people focus on one of these, what, what got you interested in this? Like, what's your, what's your fascination with this? I love that you use the word holistic. Um, my background is in holistic health education. And we use the word holistic or holism to really be applied in a sense of meeting the person where they are and working from that perspective. So my methodology um, isn't so much of a program that I'm bringing, but it is holistic where we are meeting that client where they are 
and helping them move towards their goals uh, in the way that's best suited for them. As you mentioned, uh, this does involve the mind, the body, nutrition, your lifestyle, your rituals, how you communicate with people. Um, as I like to tell the players, everything you think, do, feel, um, every one of those perceptions is going to make you um, a better or you know less effective teammate and player. I, th- you know, and I, I, and I think I saw that tweet of yours. It was something very similar to that that you had mentioned, and that that jives a lot with with a lot of my personal philosophies and how I try how I choose to you know present myself. You know, <laughs> um, but. Too calm. Yeah, too, too calm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you don't want me asking, like, what what piqued your curiosity? You know, I know you're working towards your, you know, you, you've gone to school, you're working towards uh, PhD. Like, what what got you into this? I'm just, and then we'll dive into some more, you know, specific topics. Sure. You, you know, um, my mother probably won't love to hear this, but I, I joke sometimes when I lecture that no one became a nutritionist because they grew up on a healthy diet. Um, my, my own venture, uh, did lead me to health and wellness. You know, Mm -hmm. when, when I was in my very early twenties, um, I had just finished my second knee operation. I, um, liked to consider myself an athlete in my former life, if you will. And, um, some injuries kind of put that to, to rest early on, but, you know, I, I didn't have a particularly healthy, um, diet or, um, to a lesser degree maybe, but lifestyle, uh, in my youth. And being 20 years old and not happy with the weight that I was at or um, the pain level that I was at and unable to play hockey with friends or baseball, or um, I knew some things needed to change. I became a vegetarian. Uh, my now wife and I moved to California together. This is a long time hmm. ago now, but um, we moved to California from Michigan and um, really changed everything about my lifestyle and what I was doing. That led me into the new career. That led me into grad school post-grad school and uh, private practice. Um, But, you know, it really started as that. And I didn't connect that food was um, important or Mm. part of medicine, um, you know, probably at all until I was, you know, like 18 to 20. You know, it just hadn't really uh, been a consideration. I had always probably wanted my body to be something different or to be a better athlete. But, um, you know, Moving to California, I won't, I won't walk you through the whole story, yeah, but moving yeah, to California yeah. and getting into the health and wellness industry and uh, working on organics, um, you know, that that started the snowball. Gotcha. No, I, I there's always some sort of I mean, people don't just wake up and want to do this. You're right. And I and I, I love that you mentioned that kind of uh, like my background. I didn't wake up and, you know, want to be a recovered. Yeah, I just I didn't want to, like, choose to do some of the life lifestyle choices that I made, you know, but. Yeah, sure. it was. <laughs> well, and, and how much do not to dive us into the cosmos right yeah. away, but how, how much of this are we choosing anyway? You know, if uh, yeah. if we really ask ourselves when when you know we we're born or to who or um, most clients that I've met that are religious happen to be the religion of their parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so it's a, a lot of these things are environmentally directed. At least um, we don't get around our DNA. I didn't choose this hairstyle; it chose me, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of this that we're, we're just trying to accept. I, I think we could probably do an entire podcast on just that topic alone. So we'll keep that at bay for right now. Uh, because I, that's, Sounds good. <laughs> that's a fascinating topic for me. Um, you know, so I, I, I gotta know as well, you know, these, these pillars, you know, number one, they apply to a lot of, a lot of our daily lives. Why esports over regular sports? Well, I started off in regular sports. Gotcha. 
Um, I don't have a, a gaming background that my gamers would be proud of. You know, I played on a controller and played Madden and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> I remember getting Nintendo as a kid and I put in all my hours on all those games. But, um, you know, they joke with me to play Valorant or CS or League. And I just say, no, you know, luckily I don't need to to uh, help you today, <laughs> you know. Um, but, you know, it, it began in professional athletics and what I noticed was I was helping uh, on the margins. I was, um, I was a functional nutritionist for Olympic runners ah. and for, um, you know, some, uh, the Hanson's team, particularly here in Michigan, which is a Brooks project and, um, worked with a, a, a number of other professional athletes in the, in the major uh, pro sports as well, but not for a specific team, just, um, per players. And what I really discovered is that I was moving them marginally. You know, if uh, mm. the rating I used one time with one of my 10 Kers that was trying out for the U.S. Olympics, um, he said, you moved me from 96% to 97% in my wellness, and that made all the difference. And we were talking about, and I, I'm a runner myself, um, we were talking about trying to improve him a second per mile. Mm-hmm. You know, to some people, these are really small things. To him, that was a very big deal. And we did it through addressing inflammation, which is one of the pillars within my nutrition practices is combating inflammation. Um, so it was pretty simple in some ways, but, you know, I, I received a fortuitous phone call one time, um, from the renegades management and they had uh, just some questions for me about who I was based on my Yelp and other things. Um, in talking with them, what I discovered quickly was that the margins were a lot bigger when we were talking about health and wellness. And this isn't to, um, you know, judge or objectify the the journey to professional esports, but it's very different than the sure. journey to professional athletics. One hundred percent. You know, in quickly recognizing that, we saw that there were some um, big gaps. You know, that if we put some effort into, we received tremendous uh, you know outcomes from, and um, so that that's what we started doing. You know, four to five years ago. And I'm a swimmer, so small percentages are what I am used to. I swam for ten years. You know, so. Mm. Um, those 0.5 second drops in time, those 0.2 second drops in time, like those, that is an incredible deal because as we were talking about the Olympics at the, at that level, I mean, some of those, you know, between first and eighth place is under one second. And, 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 sure. and those little details matter. <laughs> Super small margins. Yeah. Hand positioning, breathing technique. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the person thinking while they're swimming? Certainly, you know, there's uh many, many variables. Or should you think at all? Right. <laughs> uh, well, there, there's some, you know, if I have an entry fragger in CS that says, Hey, you know, let's not overthink this thing. Let's, uh, let's go in there and shoot people. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to try to give him a different philosophy off of that. You know, the, the simplicity is key, but, but once the veil of ignorance is removed, you, you can't recloak yourself with it. So once you know, something exists, uh, good luck hiding it from your mind. Yeah. I struggle with that a lot. Sometimes, sometimes like I love the journey that I'm, that I'm living right now, but sometimes I do wish I could live in that state of ignorance just a little bit longer. (laughs) I I've had a player I've worked with for a long time that, um, I remind him frequently, you know, he'll say, you know, something effective. I just wish I didn't know this. I I just wish I didn't know it was true. And he, he's, uh, one of the best in in his game. Um, Mm. you know, rated objectively one of the best in his game, but I'll say that to him frequently that, you know, you don't get to forget this now, now that you know, you have a duty, a responsibility to actually face it and work with it. Yeah. I love that. I, yeah, yeah, I absolutely love that. My, my friend said the same thing in a different phrase. Like once you know it, you can't unknow it, you know? Uh, yeah. So I, I love that. And so 
one thing that I, one thing that I really enjoy is like, you know, you meet people where you're at. And I think that's something that I practice in my day-to-day job. You know, I was previously uh, a business coach, you know, uh, for, for, you know, for legal zoom. And so it's not every business owner has the same goals. Not every business owner, you know, has ran multiple, but most of them haven't ran any businesses before. So how do we tailor this service to them? And I think that's what made that special, which is why I love what you're doing here. Um, one of the things I want to ask you is like, you know, when it comes to like a player in CS versus a player in Valorant, you know, is there any distinct kind of character? Is there any type of like shift that you have to make or is there, are there some key differences that you have to remind yourself of? Well, I think it's interesting you choose CS and Valorant because I, I'd say they're probably mm-hmm. closer related than many of the other games. Sure. Um, Nitro is a good example. I work closely with Nick mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and Spencer and Josh as well with their CS background. Even even Peter had yeah. a CS background. Um, so I, I would say there's a lot of similarities in that. You know, e- even, you know, you're talking five man, you're talking about rituals, timing of day. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have to win two last round. Excuse this. Uh, that's going to happen yeah, yeah. every time that I'm gentle. That's okay. Um, you know, you win a couple less rounds perhaps, but no, there, there's a tremendous amount of overlap, especially talking about the mental aspects of this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I'd say they're very similar, gotcha. especially those two games. I, I certainly point out more gaps in maybe, uh, you know, Fortnite and certainly league Le- league feels like it's a, a completely different animal. I feel, I feel that too. And I find myself really trying to grasp league and understand league. And I think there's, there's just so many nuances to it. And so for someone that, you know, you mentioned earlier, like your gaming backgrounds, like, you know, just, you know, growing up playing Madden on split screen, you know, when it comes to your profession and you not know, like, is there a certain level of knowledge required of the game for you to excel at your job or is it completely irrelevant? Well, I don't think I'd call it completely irrelevant. Yeah. I would say everything has pros and cons. Okay. I, I can see a scenario where, um, you know, being a former gamer or something actually might be quite the con for, for someone, uh, as well. Gotcha. Um, based on their own experience and maybe having a tough time, uh, removing that bias as we'd call it in research. Um, but it, it, it to a degree it would be helpful. I don't, I don't want to say that I feel like it's a detriment to my job. Okay. Um, I, I've never felt like it's uh, been a detriment whatsoever. I, I would say I had a easier time understanding in, um, onboarding the game of CS than I did league. Gotcha. You know, that, that was easier for me to grasp as someone who, you know, grew up playing, you know, James Bond and all those type of games, right? That was pretty, <laughs> and not that I'm uh, going to go toe to toe with a coach on any of the strategic concepts, but um, certainly the idea of the game where, where league is so nuanced and there's so many, you know, champions and there's so much involved. Um, but, you know, I, I'm thankful that we, I, I've been surrounded with staff that I, I don't feel like I've ever needed to know those things. And the players sometimes joke with me, but I mean, they even joke cause I'm old. They'll ask me if I know what a meme is. I mean, they, <laughs> you know, so it's, to that point, um, yeah, I, I really don't feel like it's a detriment um, whatsoever. And I don't know, I, I've never had a conversation with a player where where they ever said something effective. Well, if you knew the game better, you gotcha. know, or um, you know, you'd understand it better if you played or something. That that's never been. That's I've never sensed that to be an issue. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, and and that's yeah. No, I, I appreciate you sharing that. So, you know, I know you travel a lot. Uh, you know, between, you know, travel a lot, especially these days and during COVID it's probably presented a lot of challenges, you know, when it comes to you, you know, one thing I, I guess well, I'm trying to figure out how to word this, like you work on these individuals on an individual basis, but yet you also man, 
you also coach the team as well. You know, mm-hmm. how does the individual performance affect like the the overall like how do you manage the different goals of the teams versus the manage of the pl- like managing the players' goals? So first off, they better align when we're talking about goals, right? Mm. I, ideally, if you have a five-man roster, that five-man roster's uh, individual gaming goals align quite closely with the collective goals. Um, but you know, part of the methodology here is that you're addressing the individual. Uh, there's really four categories. This is my dissertation. There, there's really four categories of this. Um, the book will be this and, and discussing this w- that I'm working on. Um, but there's really four areas that you have to focus on. You have to focus on the individual away from the game. So Kyle away from, you know, the screen, um, you know, and then, uh, the, the player within the team setting. So what is the player then bringing, uh, as an individual to the group? So you have an I internal and an I external, yep, yep. and then you have a, we internal, that's the team together. That's without worrying about Twitter or, you know, Twitch, uh, chat rooms. Or, or yourself, no offense. Mm, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, um, or, or me, uh, quite frankly, oftentimes. Um, and, and then you have the team and the external. And, and so that will also, in 100 Thieves is a great example. Um, we have to be cognizant at 100 Thieves that we have a large community and they have expectations and desires, right? Yeah. Um, but if Papa Smithy was standing there all day saying, you know, win, win, win. And John, if John came walking in the room all day saying, just focus on winning, right? And John wants that dub. I know he does. Um, and there's nothing better than delivering the dubs for these guys. And John, and John wants you. to sell um, the most hoodies as we saw in that Call of Duty clip. <laughs> yeah, that, that may be true too. Um, he, he wants it all. He, he's a good leader. He wants it all. Um, you know, but to the point uh, that can't be the focal point. And, and I understand that as an org, um, an organization such as hundred thieves is going to be very cognizant of, mm-hmm. of what that externalism, uh, means to them. Um, but that's not how you go and get the goal that you want. I mean, you, you don't climb the mountain just by looking at the outside world and asking them what they think of your adventure, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I really do break it down into those four quadrants. That's, um, me building upon my graduate uh, thesis that I wrote in athletics that, that was taking off the work of Ken Wilber. Uh, and I was developing an integrated model to take uh, to U.S. runners, to, to take to Olympic runners. Um, but I found it to be much more applicable to esports. I mean, it's incredibly applicable to esports. I, I can't imagine an org, and I'm not trying to say like, hey, uh, you know, buy, buy on the infomercial, <laughs> but I can't imagine an org <laughs> That wouldn't say those four areas because there's no team, even if with the best talent, if they if they don't feel good about themselves away from the game, they're not going to to be successful. Um, you have to look at all four of these areas. I I I, I 100% agree with that, and I think that one thing that fascinates me about the specific area that you're in or the 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 role that you play in this organization is you know esports is still so very brand new. I mean, even though there's a lot of traction, there's a lot of momentum. It's one of the fastest growing industries, you know, in the in the yeah. country. It's still, I find that the pro there's pro like companies are scrambling to find, to find out how to make these teams profitable. And if winning isn't like the main thing, sponsorships aren't going to come. Money isn't going to come. They can't pay people. They can't have, you know, I mean, to be honest, like people like yourself to really dive into these things. And so I, I think that's really cool that you are kind of like the pioneer in that. And so, you know, I guess the question is like, I, 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 I take great, if, if you yeah. don't mind me diving in here for yeah. a second, um, first off, I take great pride in that yeah. as well. And I think the industry, uh, us practitioners that are trying to support this market need, need 
to um, do it in a holistic manner, in an integrative manner. You know, my, my background, I, I'm, I'm a bit of the Swiss army knife, which I think mm. gives me a, a incredible advantage. Um, I've been a functional nutritionist for 15 years. I, I've been in mental health for pro athletes for eight, eight, nine years now. Um, you know, so that gives me an advantage, but, um, at the same time, I think what we're seeing is when, when I work with a pro sports team, like if I connect with one of the four majors here in Detroit, you know, the Lions, mm-hmm. Tigers, Pistons, Red Wings, um, what you see is they have a physical therapist on staff. They have a registered dietitian or some form of functional nutritionist on staff. They have an MD. They have a mental health specialist. They have a performance specialist that's just working on the physiological body, you know, trainers, uh, power lifters, cardio specialists. Um, I don't know that esports will get to the point soon that it'll justify that categorically across the board where you'll, where you'll see every single team have every one of those categories. This is going to be a unique model. This is, this is not going to be a standardized model in the next handful of years. So I think it'll be really important that, um, and I, you know, not, I'm not trying to sound, uh, like I'm boasting here, but it'll be important that you have someone such as myself that yep. has an understanding of the, the range uh, of these things that we need to address. Because unfortunately, if you're too limited in your modality, um, you won't get the, the, the worth of it. It's not going to be worth, I don't think the orgs will pay for having six versions of me on the staff. Exactly. And, uh, you know, and I think a lot of it just comes down to the pe- people who are running this and what they, and what they value. It's like, if they value the wellness of their people, if they want, if they want to like help these people grow and probably not just even on the team, but as a, as a whole, like it's a smart as humans. Yeah. Yeah. As humans, like, I mean, isn't that what it's all about? <laughs> you know, like yeah. I, I, and that's, and the, the second thing you brought up is that, you know, you don't think that esports, at least in our time, will ever get to having those specific individualized roles. And I, that, that scratches on another topic of like, you know, where does esports fit? I personally want it to be as large as regular sports, but what does that even mean? You know, I, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm all in. Yeah. It. Um, it, I, I believe it's heading there. Yeah. Um, you know, even if we set aside the COVID topic, right, right, right. and um, this in-person topic, which of course affected uh, our games as well, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they affected our ability to have uh, events. Um, but even if we go ahead and say that, no, I, I just think the numbers in the future generations and and their attention spans. I'm, I'm a baseball lover. I mean, I, I collect baseball mm-hmm. cards. I'm a old school cat. I, I love history of baseball and. Um, you know, but when I talk to the younger generation and kind of say, Hey, would you sit there for four hours? And, right. You know, watch this pitching duel and this chess match and unfold. And wow, <laughs> did you see what just happened? They say, I don't, I don't care about this. Even my seven-year-old, you know, I take him to a Tigers game and he, he wants to go see the carousel and, yeah. you know, go, go see the mascots and stuff. And, and he's kind of a nature kid. I'm not raising him on screens. We, we like live in the woods out here, you know? Um, so the irony though, yeah, now that I'm in this profession uh, and have been for so long, he, he doesn't know me doing anything else. And now he wants to, uh, you know, watch and play and all this too. Now. Uh, I think that's fan- Yeah. It's uh, I think it's fantastic. I mean, cause yeah, I, I'm a basketball guy, you know, but I do feel that sports is, you know, in a weird way, COVID, even though, even though it's restricted esports, I feel like, it's actually what accelerated esports because we could still thrive at full capacity. You know, granted, you know, like in CDL, the experience it's, may not be as well, but we're still able to thrive. It's a strange thing, though, to say thrive. I mean, what percentage of the players experience burnout this year? Mm. 
I mean, look at the best teams. And I have no affiliation with like an Astralis, but I've studied them closely and, and talked to people that were on the roster at one point, yeah. you know, but I, I don't work with them in any capacity. And you're seeing some of the best players on earth, ex- like just come out bluntly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're seeing content creators. We're seeing gamers across all different um, games. Um, so I think the industry has, um, I don't want to say something like taking advantage of them. And I'm certainly not saying that the orgs that I work with are doing that. They're, they're putting me in a position to help these right. uh, young men, right. right? So um, certainly I think they're, they're really um, taking a role in that. And, and for the record, when you look at the, the management teams of these orgs that are bringing on guys like me um, or, or others, um, look at what they're doing in their lives. I mean, the, the CFO at uh, hundred thieves is texting me about a hundred, uh, half marathon training program. Right. I mean, and, and he's like the most CFO you're going to find, like he's, he's <laughs> not there rah, rahing us up and wanting to, you know, spend all our time on, you know, team build. He wants to get in the, the nitty gritty, but you know, all of them are, um, you know, really passionate about wellness. It's, it's really, the industry is going to catch up to that. I also think we're, we're going to find out that these players, when they feel good and, and they're healthy, those are the teams that are sustaining and you can't sustain even at like the level Astralis was doing it. If you're not focused on health and wellness, you can't sustain it. Even as the number one team, that's the part that's most alarming to me that you, you usually don't hear about it from the winners. Mm. You know, you usually hear about it only from people and you ask anybody uh, in gaming, Oh, I was really stressed. What happened? Well, we started winning. So I'm less stressed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I, I hear that frequently. Well, Edward, it feels a lot better. We were, you know, six and oh in the tournament. It's uh, tough to be annoyed. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, but I, the way I look at that is like, you know, the, having that winning mentality honestly puts a lot more pressure on it because I look at, you know, back in the optic vision days, you know, when, when they were at the top of their game in call of duty, like, when, when you're at that peak, like all of a sudden everyone wants you to fall, you know, everyone wants you to not succeed anymore. Now that you've reached that top point. I mean, look at Ninja, for example, as a content creator, uh, in one of his podcasts, he had mentioned, he's like, even right before the point where I really blew up, there were so many people that wanted my success and they wanted me to succeed and they, they, they fought for my success. But once he got to that point, everyone's analyzing every word he says and trying to tear him down completely off his, where he's put himself, you know? So, well, comparing ourselves gets us in a lot of trouble. It does. You know, when, when people start comparing themselves to you and, um, the target on the back is something our Valorant team has had to, to really deep dive here recently. Mm. Right. We, we came out bullish last yeah. year and, um, did what we needed to do. And, um, someone certainly like Josh, who, who I love working with, um, he's not afraid to, uh, say something publicly that might put, uh, even a bigger target or people to be more interested in, uh, you know, coming after him. Um, but you know, you have to embrace it. You have to embrace where you are and, and take that all on. We don't want to hide from it and pretend that you're not, you know, like, like there isn't a ton of kids at home right now and not wanting every one of these guys jobs. Right. I mean, you know, they're, they're all grinding for it. I'm getting phone calls now left and right from people that live in my community that are telling me things like I have a 13 year old that, uh, I think could be a call of duty legend someday. <laughs> you know, how, how much is your hourly to work with my 13 year old? And I'm like, that's not a phone call I had three years ago. Yeah. And that that's not, I don't think as reflective as my growth as much as the industry's growth that, you know, parents are now um, not telling their kids get off that damn machine. Right. They're saying, uh, this is a college, uh, scholarship waiting to happen. Right. I mean, it's the industry's growing. It's, it's going to change. It's going to evolve. And that's where my parents came from. You know, that's, that's, and that's what sparked my passion for doing something like this is in hopes of like, in, like at least this specific form of content where it's like, if someone can look and find some inspiration from, 
the, the guests I bring on and, and just show the many different avenues that this career path actually has now I've done my job, you know? Um, and, and also there's only a handful, right? Right. Like, you know, we, we talk about, um, I'll have a lot of the youth call me up and say, Hey, you know, I'm an undergrad for kinesiology or sports psych or something. And, uh, how did you get to where you are? And I, and I almost just feel like telling them, Oh, Oh, Kyle, if you try to do what I just did, <laughs> that's going to be a bumpy road, my friend. You right. know, it's 15 years of, uh, sacrifice and, and a lot of luck and accidents. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be tricky. You know, I, I recently was asked to come, um, guest lecture at a university that has an esports mm-hmm. um, pro program, you know, and it's like teaching how to, uh, teaching you how to be an esports professional. Yeah. You know, not, not a gamer, but an actual professional. And I think if I walked around 100 Thieves and asked everybody, did you go to school to be an esports professional? They'd look at me like I'm nuts, yeah. you know, so uh, and they're doing quite damn well, you know, so, so. It, it's it's kind of it's interesting to see where uh, where will this go when we apply academia and structure and uh, when the parents aren't telling you not to do it. And, you know, when when you have as much gray in your beard as I do, you know, what the hell are we going to be hearing from these kids, you know? <laughs> I'm trying to, te- you know, I'm trying to do everything I can to prevent that, Edward. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> you don't need to embrace it. Just embrace it. Who cares? My wife buys me a different hemp oil every few months and says, here, put this one in. You'll like this. And uh, who cares? What difference does it make? Yeah. I, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not a sponsored or affiliated with them with any, any way, but I'm, I'm a big fan of beard brand. They're actually local here out of Austin, Texas. And, uh, they just, you know, everyone asks me like, what, what do you do? I'm just like, well, part of it's probably good genes, but you know, uh, you know, I have like 18 different beard products. <laughs> I was going to, well, you, you look like a man that's using some product. I trust, trust me. This is just, uh, you know, <laughs> this is all natural. My man. <laughs> um, yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it, man. You know, so I, one thing that I'm a part of, one thing that I joined earlier this year was this program called Enlight, you know, um, enlight.gg and it's, um, I can't remember. I can't, I have such a hard time pronouncing her name, but it's a Eunice or Un or Eunice. I, I can't remember her name and she's probably going to roast me for this when she watches it, but it's a, it's like a, it's a monthly program where she brings on people from the industry, such as like Ariel Horn and Jacob Wolf, you know, and, and, you know, and um can't remember the head of Twitter gaming, but like the, she brings in some big names to like really showcase and dive deep into the industry that they've currently built and like where they're at and how to, dive into this because something that I struggled with and really why I started creating content was that there's this mystical door of esports that you just, there's, you got to like find your way how to open it. Um, and I think a lot of people yeah, struggle fair. with that. Yeah. And so they bring on their experience to say like, Hey, look, like I started in TV production or I started in this and I started in that. And you kind of just like trip and fall your way into it. You know, as mm-hmm. what I've gathered from it, like Jacob, one thing I really liked about Jacob is that he said, my beat found me. Right. Um, and that's how I feel about this. I, I, I really do. And some of the people that I was working with right then, specifically the, uh, the boys from the renegade CS roster, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I have them to think if they didn't buy in and if they weren't willing to listen and, and wanted to improve themselves, uh, you know, that's top to bottom right. for that org. And, and then once you're in, you have to, to earn, you know, I have 12 staff members here we work with and, um, you know, once you're in, you, you just earn your keep right. and you do great work and, and you show that you're willing to self-sacrifice and that you're talented and, you know, you, you earn it. But, um, yeah, get it, getting a foot in the door, um, 
I, I know for a fact, just because Jacob uh, Tough Anderson here over at 100 Thieves is so so transparent with me, I know we've got a lot of versions out there of me knocking on our door saying, hey, you know, <laughs> hire me. Uh, you don't need Edward. Uh, I can do this version of this for you. And, you know, if if you don't have um, good people around you who believe in you and are, um, you know, I even talked with Papa Smithy about that recently. Mm. You know, if, if we don't have uh, people around each other that we can't just continue to trust, then um, – then we can't do the good work. You know, you can't be worried about that and do the good work. You have to free yourself up. But yeah, the, the path there, I mean, good luck for, for, for these youngsters that, that are on this path. And I don't want to make it sound like I just tripped into this. If you interviewed, you know, the, the thousands of clients that I've talked to over the last 15 mm-hmm. years, I think you'd, you'd see, I'd have a pretty good rating. So, right. you know, gr- you grow into it. Right. But, um, yeah, it really, it really, th- there's no textbook on this yet, yeah. you know, and, and until every team has a standard operating practice here, um, where they have that staffer, you know, I saw Dignitas recently, yep. uh, somebody I follow on Twitter, you know, put up a post for an internship and I, somebody roasted them over it not being paid. You know, th- things are unique in this industry, you know, and as a business owner, I, I've got a, a youngster down the street here at the local university that I've talked to about non-paid internships. Cause he's bending over backwards, wanting to be a part of my, you know, uh, mind body medicine, uh, org here. Um, yeah, it, it's tricky to get in. There, there's people that are willing to make huge sacrifices yeah. just to get an opportunity, you know, and, um, other people are saying, no, I, I got to make this hourly rate or, you know, it, it's tough to know what the motivated, uh, motivation is there you know? for sure. And I, that's a, yeah, this is a, this is a very large, it's a, to me, it's a large topic and, and I kind of going back to what we talked about earlier, like, I really don't believe in any accidents. I don't believe, honestly, I don't believe in luck. Like I believe that whatever my intention is, if I'm honestly working towards that, then those right opportunities are going to come. And like, I'm going to say the right thing at the right time. You're a f- fellow Hindu with me. The, uh, yeah, the karma man. Yeah. yeah. I, if, if you put it out there, you don't have to worry about it. Just keep putting it out there and it'll come back. And yeah, d- don't, uh, don't try to sell somebody your services, go, go do the work and show them what you can do. And right. the, they'll come knocking. I mean, that's certainly, uh, that's been my experience through and through. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't have to sell myself once yet. I haven't had to interview yet. Right. <laughs> right. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's a funny thing, but I think trying to teach that to people, you know, number one, there's more than one, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. It's not probably the only way to like, it's just what not I, not my favorite expression you, as a vegetarian, you, but I understand. Yeah. That. Yeah. I, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just teasing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, got to keep it a little fun here. Uh, you know, people think I'm too boring or something <laughs> as a mental health guy. A little bit, man. You know, we got, we got to spice it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, but when it comes to, uh, yeah, that's just been my experience. So, uh, you mentioned like you got, you dove into some of the process of like, or your methodology when it comes to the mind, you know, so I'm, what I'm really interested, you know, get, cause I mean, this is a bigger topic, but what is your like methodology in assessing someone's lifestyle and like understanding their needs and how to coach them towards their goals there? Um, step one, learning of who they are. Mm. This isn't, um, again, there's nothing cookie cutter here and we create systems that offer people tremendous structure. Um, so that if they didn't have it, perhaps they would have to almost, uh, you know, mess it up to, to not stay in line. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, in terms of their mental practices and, and what we're going to work on, um, everyone has a different background, you know, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not here to be, um, and if anyone listens to this, that, uh, happens to be working with me as an employer, uh, they'll appreciate this. I'm not, I'm not here to unpackage their, their trauma from zero to 18. Right. That, that, that's, 
honestly, that's not what I'm here for, right. you know? And, and if something comes up that we need to talk about, that seems like it's really impacting their work. Um, I, I certainly am, am there to, to meet them where they are, but th- that's not for me. Right. I, I would almost rather refer them out if that's something that there's trauma or something. Um, so really I consider myself an, an optimizationalist, which I'm not sure if that's actually a word, but it should be. Um, <laughs> it is now. You know, I, I, I like it. Yeah. yeah. It's, so we're, we're looking to take people where they are right now and um, help them identify ways to, as you just said, move closer to their goals. So um, is there a, a, a one meets all? No. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm pulling from every text I've ever read. I'm pulling from Ram Dass and Buddhist psychology, American psychology. Yeah. I mean, you name it. It's, it's, it's all in there. You're getting it all. Um, but, but it, it always stems back to meeting them where they are. And, you know, you want to make sure that their, their needs are taken care of, you know, and, uh, maybe in a Maslow's hierarchy of needs type mm-hmm. sense, you want to make sure that their needs are being met. Um, but m- most of these guys needs are being met. They're getting paid money and they got a nice apartment and life is good, yeah. you know? Um, so really it's helping them understand that, that talking voice they have in their head and, uh, how to navigate that, that self narrative. Yeah. Okay. And, and something that you touched on that I, I find fat it's, you know, as an alcoholic and a, or a recovered alcoholic and a drug addict, you know, like, um, the topic of like having most of their basic needs met, like with having like an apartment and a good lifestyle, you know, I've seen a lot of people, you know, um, name just to na- you know, name a few of people I look up to like Robin Williams and like, uh, um, lead singer of audio slave, Chris Cornell, you know, like they had everything mm-hmm. they ever wanted, but they weren't happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, so they didn't really have everything they ever wanted. Right. And I don't say that with judgment. Right, right. Um, we, we oftentimes talk about money as the first thing, as if as if having money changes these things. Mm-hmm. I, I've met with, you know, people that are, are incredibly wealthy, you mm-hmm. know, that I, I know are worth more than $50 million. <laughs> and they, they still have digestive issues and cancer and, uh, you know, I – one of the clients I had to say goodbye to a, a few years ago um, owned a, t- um, a telecommunications company. It's one of the wealthiest men I ever know. He, you know, owned over a hundred nice cars. I mean, he, he had incredible wealth, paintings, all kinds of stuff. Um, that didn't matter to him when he was dying of colon cancer, right? You know, and and you know, I don't know. He, he had the gentleman had so much gout that he couldn't, um, you know, couldn't have a whiskey with his friends on his deathbed. You know, I mean, so, so these things, you know, I'll, I'll oftentimes tell a client that, that maybe spent their health early in their life to accumulate wealth, that, that pendulum swings back and you may find yourself spending your wealth to reaccumulate what you can of your health. And that's, uh, probably stolen from Gandhi somewhere along the line there. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you don't, don't spend today to earn something that you're, you're going to have to spend later to try to get something back, I guess. And, and, and we see that, you know, and, and kudos to you for for talking about the uh, kudos is too weak of a word. Uh, I, I'm I'm proud of you to, to be able to say you know I'm a recovering alcoholic and this is the way that I, I kind of process this and it's a daily practice, right? Mm-hmm. It's a daily minute to minute practice of uh, having systems in place and, and allowing yourself. I, I I work with I've worked with many alcoholics, yeah. um, and we talk about allowing themselves. To, to experience this, you know, allowing yourself to be proud of yourself, allowing a, something to mean something. Um, we're, we're too busy gripping onto our unworthiness. That, that, that one's Ram Dass uh, stolen so that I get the credit uh, where it's due. Um, 
you know, and, and it changes once you, once you stop holding yourself hostage um, and stop putting all these barriers in front of yourself, boy, the, the game starts changing for you. It, it really does. And Edward, I, I, you bring up a massive, uh, great point. Thank you for that. Um, thank you for that, for, uh, for that, for those words. And cause I'll tell you something that I've, I've really struggled with and something that like, um, my therapist has to remind me of whenever we have sessions is like, just remember for this hour, we're just going to act like shame doesn't exist. You know, um, we're going to act like shame doesn't exist. And I think you bring up a really, there's a really good parallel, um, to that when it comes to, uh, you know, sh- like allowing ourselves to just let go of that. And when, when we start dissolving these walls, the game really just, it's like, whoa, <laughs> um, this was, this is here the whole time, but I just couldn't see it, you know? Um, right. Right. I think it's a fantastic topic. Uh, one question I have for you, I wanted to put you on the spot with some of your methodology is for someone like me sure. who I, when I think of organiz like organization and or like organization in general, it paralyzes me. And I want to rebel against everything structured. So for someone like me, what would, you know, because obviously we need to have some sort of, you know, we need to have some way to like organize our thoughts and like to go about doing things. But for someone who thrives in the disorganization, what would you, what would you coach me on? Or like, what would you use to help me become more structured? Well, this is this is going to sound common to, to any of my players that hear this. Okay. Um, I, I would ask you questions. Okay. You know, I, I would start to just ask you about you know how you felt about that hour, or you know if you told me, hey, I'm sick of being late to to my meetings, or I'm you know, I, I feel that I'm getting somewhere rushed, or um, you know, why am I self judging myself here? And and we start to just gently unpack those. Um, very rarely do I tell somebody what to do. I can't really remember the last time I told somebody what they should eat or what they should do. Um, but through asking them really, um, powerful open-ended questions, which is my education, um, you know, you start to find out not, not just why I I tell my coaches all the time, quit asking people why, um, asking people why automatically puts you in defensive. It it puts you in a position where, you know, all, all you're left with is trying to defend something, um, you know, but if you talk to them about what and how, um, if you ask them what and how questions, if you tell them how you feel instead of asking them why, because asking somebody why question really um, is couching how you actually feel instead, and you can usually hear it in their voice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what I would what I would probably ask you, and if you want to exercise it uh, on the air, we can. Yeah. Um, you know, but I would ask you, you know, how, how it feels to um, feel disorganized, and if there was a time that you can recall that your disorganization led you to an outcome that you weren't happy with. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, from small to, from small to large, you know, there's uh, things such as like when I wake up lately, it's been a habit, you know, where I don't give myself the amount of time that I need to like fully wake up for the day. If that makes sense. Um, I shortchange my meditation practice. Um, and I think part of what I struggle with is like the, um, is breaking that, like what needs to happen for that to break. And like, when, when am I just going to stop? Cause I, when I get in that mode, I just feel like I'm stuck there. It, it's just, it feels like a repetitive motion that I just cannot get out of. And the thought of like changing that is terrifying. You know, it's cause it's, I built a sense of comfort around it, even though I don't like it. It's comfortable. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
Sounds like you feel like it's very deeply entrenched. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's stuck. Like I get, I have a fear of like being stuck, but yet I put myself in positions to be stuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Some of the business call that self-sabotaging. Well, you know, it makes perfect sense. We're humans, you know, yeah. first off you're a human. So don't, don't expect yourself to, to not just continually mess these things up. Um, you <laughs> Thank know, you. Uh, that comes with the, it comes with the programming. Um, yeah. that's just automatically built in our hardware. Yeah. Um, and then to judge ourselves off of it's also part of that. Um, you know, and you said something interesting, you know, they're big and small. Okay. So it sounds like they're all over the place. So mm-hmm. I certainly wouldn't help you first off by focusing on the big ones. We'd start off by talking about one of the small ones, you mm-hmm. know, and if you said, well, I'm, I'm not giving myself that time in the morning. That, that's when lifestyle starts coming into it too. Because if we, if we circle back and the, the, the coach and therapist in me wants to say, we circle back to the why we discuss the why, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, make sure it's something that's actually giving you what you want from it. If the meditation wasn't giving you what you want. So then we find out that you're just self-sabotaging and then we move into the, the structured life and, and the scheduling and what are you doing? And, you know, you tell me, Oh, I'm up a uh, three hours a night watching TikTok, Right. And I say, <laughs> okay. Well, and that doesn't mean as much to you as, you know, the meditation. Right. And you say, yeah. And, and so we start, uh, breaking it down and, um, you know, how, how, well, I would probably ask you, you know, how would it feel to, um, you know, to, to feel like you achieved all of this tomorrow, you know, and then you'd, you'd start in visualizing what that looks like. And, and I love visualizations. Mm-hmm. You I'm really a fan of painting it. that picture. I think with these players, something I actually mentioned to someone today, uh, one of our, our pro players that's doing great. He's, he's crushing it right now. Um, he's won, he's won a title before. And I said to him, you know, when you won the title, did you feel like before you played for the championship, you had to get puffed up and convince yourself you were a champion before you played? Did you have to believe that to win your championship? You said, no, no, I didn't. I didn't have mm. to really fully think that I was a champ. And I found that everyone that wins, you know, you ask Desi Linden, um, that was one of our, our clients for a running group. She won the Boston Marathon for first American female to win it in wow. 30 years. Uh, Michigander, might I point out, and ran it in inclement weather, which we are – Known for, she even took a, a porta john break. Her her teammate took like a few minute uh, poop break, and she waited for her. Which is, just, you know, if you ask most athletes, that's how cool cool and calm she is. Yeah. Know, let her friend poop and then finish the race, and you know, beat all the Kenyans and everyone else. Just incredible. Um, but you know, did she have to accept that she's a champion before she was able to become a champion? No, 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 no. no. You don't think about it like that. You don't think about the mountaintop while you're in the middle of climbing the mountain. That's not part of this, right? We mm-hmm. focus on today and in these little steps. So, um, you know, in that way I would say, all right, well, let's take one little step. How do we break this down? One little step. I don't want to talk about the big thing to show me how you do one little step. And then, you know what, Kyle, you do four or five little steps for a little period of time. And all of a sudden you're doing the big shit and you just, uh, none of it means anything to you anymore. And you know, it's, it's the little, little process over and over again, over time. I like that. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I, I appreciate you breaking it down. I, I had to put you on the spot for there because it's, <laughs> I don't mind. I wasn't going to turn it into a therapy session right. though. And I'm also not going to start, you know, giving you the the answers. Uh, I, I'm, I'm too much of a savvy vet to try to tell you there's an answer. Right. Yeah, it's more questions, right? You know, it's more questions. And anyone in, you know, I say this to the young registered dietitians. I meet. if you walk around telling people, you know what they should be eating without doing massive homework on these people, blood work, 
metabolic, uh, you know, I've got 20 different blood labs that I can run here in our clinic. Mm. You know, you're going to walk around and tell somebody carbs are bad for them. Well, you didn't study Ayurvedic medicine or traditional Chinese medicine, or, you know, what, what are they eating around the world? Uh, they're eating carbs. You know, how can you tell me that they have lower incidences of diabetes and disease and everything else? Um, so if we think we know, uh, we're in a great deal of trouble. You know, and, and certainly the more I'm educated, the more I understand that uh, there's a lot that we don't know. Uh, our gut is sending more neurological feedback to our brain than our brain is our gut. Mm -hmm. Th those neurons, I mean, they didn't know about that 20 years ago. We, we don't have a clue. I mean, yeah. um, th there's no medical intervention today that we're doing the same way we did 20 years ago. And that'll continue to be the way. Right. I, I, I love that. And I'm going to trace it back to my story because just because it, it relates to it and why alcoholism and drug addiction are, they don't, when you compare, because I, I consider them illnesses, but you look at, can you compare illnesses like, okay, alcoholism to diabetes and the way people look at that, you know, there's a, there's a way to treat that. You know, there's a, there's medicine to treat diabetes, but when it comes to alcoholism, like I, I tried moderating. I tried changing brands. I tried only doing, you know, using when it was a good day, using when it was a bad day, using it. But there was no method that I really could put in place. And it had to come from a, I had to have a spiritual experience that was outside of myself. And all of a sudden like that, my whole attitude and outlook, a complete psychic change had to occur for me to get well and also stay well. You know, I had to continue to have these, you know, uh, in order to do that. And it makes absolutely no sense. Um, when, at least to me, the, like, cause you know, well, the, the way you just said it though, it kind of, and I, I've had alcoholism hit close to home in my personal mm -hmm. life. And, you know, we talk so much about patterns yeah. and the community around the person and their environment and what kind of structure in the day and, and their intake of thought. Um, it's an interesting thing because what kind of what I was left with, with the way you just described it was that the common denominator there was always alcohol. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're a chemical being, we, uh, dopamine gets thrown around a lot in our community, yeah, right? Everything yeah. is huge on the dopamine, yeah, man, yeah. you know, and Edward, it was a dopamine day, you know, and, okay, <laughs> that's great. Uh, how did you feel after the dopamine? Oh, bro, huge letdown, huge <laughs> drop off. Well, yeah, man. I mean, if you're, if you're using it as the vehicle to get somewhere, then, mm. um, you know, DeMonte and I had a really cool talk about this recently because if you watch him before his uh, LCS matches, the, the guy's hype. He's hype. Yeah. It's on the heist. Yeah, He throws it out there. He's fun to be around. He's got great energy. And uh, But what if it's a best of five? Mm. Can, can, he, can he hold that? You know, And what's the energy management in a best of five versus a BO1 with that? Right? And so right. The, the vehicle uh, for him is always energy, but there's, a, there's a, an understanding of, you know, if I light a fire, I, I tell this to uh, Closer as well. I'll use that name because not everyone might not know him as John. Um, you know, you can light a fire, but if it get, you know, and it's bright, it's a bright fire. It's important. It lights up the room. It shows the way to your teammates. If it's too big of a fire, it lights you on fire. If it's too big of a fire, it burns the whole place down. Mm. Right. And, and there's certain vehicles that you can take and um, you can manipulate in a way that they can be used. And for some people, alcohol is one of those. And for some people, it's not. Yeah. And recognizing that um, both are allowed to exist. You know, you're allowed to live in a world that for you, this vehicle is one that you can't drive at all. And you're allowed to live in a you know, world that for other people, they might be able to drive it and use it effectively to some degree sure. and manage it differently. Um, again, comparing ourselves to other people gets us in trouble.
It does. Right. <laughs> I like that. No, I, and, and I think you, you, you brought some really good points here. And um, I guess I want to, I want you know, we're kind of coming up on the hour and I wanted to want to, want to start wrapping things up here uh, is, you know, with the one thing I always like, like to ask people and something I try to consistently ask myself is that, you know, when you grow up, what do you want to be? Uh, I'm having a lot of fun. I like it. I'm having a lot of fun. You know, I'm, uh, I'm 39 years old and, uh, I, I had some goals, uh, to try to get done uh, before I turned 40. I feel like I'm on a pretty good trajectory with that, but, um, what do I want to be when I'm older? Uh, a good dad. Mm. I mean, that's probably the only answer, I like you that. know, um, a, a good man yeah. <laughs> probably comes up pretty quickly for me. Uh, take care of others around me. Make sure my wife feels proud uh, of me and um, can't can always trust me. Um, but you know, professionally, uh, continue to help people. Yeah, like that. You know, and and I, I love doing it in esports. It's uh, I, I don't, I'm not working. This isn't work, and I'm 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 putting in the hours. I mean, my yeah. gosh, I'm putting in the hours, but. Um, it's, uh, I, I don't, I don't mind it one bit. I, I, I love it. I remember when my father, my father was an entrepreneur and uh, owned a dental PPO and mm. he told me his, his favorite time of the week was Monday at 6am. I love that. And uh, he told me this in high school and he used to wake me up on Saturdays and like roll me out of bed early on Saturdays <laughs> and tell me to go do something <laughs> I'm like dad it's 7am on Saturday. You're nuts. Um, uh, but you know, I, I don't look at my calendar and, um, you know, think, oh man, it's a uh, Friday at midnight and I'm on the call with Go- golden glue. This is a terrible, terrible Friday night. You know, it's, uh, no, nah, it's, I've got my health, my family's healthy. Uh, players are thriving. Life is really good, man. That's incredible, man. So. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for coming on again. Um, and, and last question, you know, uh, last question here is if, if you're, if you had to give any, you know, we talked about a little earlier, but if you wanted to give advice to someone who is looking to do what you're doing here today, you know, is there any, yeah. any, any piece you would give them? Yeah, I, I would say be, be true to what you believe is the, um, like, like we were just talking about with vehicles, you know, be, be true with what you believe is that, that method there, there's not going to be, uh, back to your, your reference of skin and the cat, right? There, there's not, there's not one way to go about this. Some teams are, some orgs are going to say that they are going to prioritize fitness or nutrition or mental health, or one over the other. Some orgs are going to throw all three at it because they're progressive. Um, you know, become become an expert at what you know. Uh, I mean, I, I can't tell you the the amount of hours. I, I think I think if people knew how much work that I've put into this, um, I don't even know if they'd want it. Mm. You know, it, 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 it sounds great. It looks great. It, it's a lot of fun. I, I'm in some cool videos on YouTube. You know, I have a good, I get paid well. Um, but, it, you know, to, to get to this point, uh, I'm someone who doesn't mind running 50 miles through the desert. Mm. I'll go do that. And you've got to find out what is it about that part of health that you don't mind doing that for. What are, you know, I, I, I tell my athletes, you got to be the guy that's willing to die in the ring. And they know I'm that guy. I'm willing to die in the ring, you know, but you got to find out what that is. And, um, it, it can't, it can't be fluff. You, you got to really study and work. And, and I do think academia is an element of it. And I'm not just saying that because I'm completing a doctorate and spent all my life savings, uh, probably forever on this, um, you know, but, um, but becoming an expert in this, don't think you know it. I mean, um, 
you, you, you don't know just just because you, you finished school or you did something well. Be a student. Continue to be a student. Um, yeah. I like that. I guess if I if I have one last word, yeah, but be be willing to grow. We, we uh, the student mindset. Um, you know, I think if I walked into the room with a player and said, "Hey, this worked for JKS. Now you're going to do it." I think that would be a big problem. Um, we have to be a student and be willing to help. I like that. I like that. Thank you so much, Edward. And uh, got to do a got to do a quick self promo for you. You know, where can people find you? Um, where are you the most active? You know, wh- I got to get better at this part myself. <laughs> My business manager is killing me. He's like, "Why don't you have a YouTube channel? Why aren't you doing all this?" People people know behind the scenes who I am and no clue who I am uh, in front of the curtain. That's right. Um, you know, for right now, just follow me on Twitter, I guess, and you can find my other things. We're not. Uh, uh, we're certainly not taking on any free. Sorry to all the young kids out there that message me every day that <laughs> they want to talk about that. They're getting crushed mentally playing Valorant and uh, you know all that. We're not currently taking on anyone, um, any new clients, but um, th- they can find me there. And, and I'm happy. I, I think I've replied to. Um, I, I joke with the players that uh, I send them thank you notes when they when they like my tweets because I have such a small following. So if if they if they want to connect with me online, um, that's probably the best spot for now. And then all my socials are, are through that. Cool, cool. And what's your social? What's your social media handle? Th- th- thank you, Kyle. It's uh, mindbody.esports, uh, and that's uh, on everything else. Mindbody esports on Twitter. I like it. I like it. I had I had to had to prod a little bit there. <laughs> I don't, uh, my business, my, my business manager kills me. Uh, you know, if, if I continue to sell supplements to everyone that I've sold fish oil and vitamin D to over the last 15 years, I could probably retire on the residuals. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's something where I, I, I really am be here now is on the wall all over the place in here. Yeah. And, uh, I really do, uh, kind of live in that, in that world where I'm not, f- I tell the players, don't look at the outside world. And I, I was on the phone with Ryan at 100 Thieves yesterday. And I said, Ryan, I had a hell of a week. He goes, you, you haven't lost lately. I said, yeah, I didn't even realize it until today. We haven't had an L in a while. And uh, not to jinx us because we got a ton of matches right now. Right. Um, you know, but yeah, we're uh, we're doing good. And, and that's because we're focused on the intrinsic. Fo- focus on yourself. Don't, don't focus on what other people can do for you. Just keep focusing on yourself. And yeah. 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 But th- thank you, Kyle. Uh, I appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, it's been nice chatting with you. Absolutely. Edward. Hey, uh, you have a great rest of day. I'm actually about to go watch some of the LA Thieves matches right now. Good. Yeah. I got to get back on the stream myself. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers.